Good week, bad week for United. Two victories, progression to the semi-final of the Europa League. One step closer to that uh, that Golden Champions League place. And uh, a very good victory and other good results in the Premier League. But when asked uh, whether it was a good week for him, Mourinho said no. And he referenced Marcus Rocco and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Brutal injuries for the pair in the same game. How far we done fell, Ed, that uh, four years on from title-deciding games... Uh, between United and City, we're uh, we're scrapping away for the most important derby in years to see if we can scrape our way into the top four. Uh, I know it's kind of sad, isn't it? It, re- it really is. Yeah, I was I was thinking about it today. I'm just writing a piece uh, comparing the two sides, you know, yeah. um, man for man sort of thing. And uh, and uh, it did occur to me that uh, given the amount these two clubs have spent over the last three years. Uh, and the managers they currently have um, at the helm, uh, neither of them can be particularly happy with the uh, the outcome of the season so far. No, and it'll be interesting. I mean, I guess we'll talk about this, but I would say for now, you would imagine that Mourinho is the happier of the two managers in terms of the kind of underlying numbers all look good for him in terms of uh, improvement in the quality of expected outcomes. And we've won some silverware, which of course... Uh, Guardiola now has singularly failed to do, given they were knocked out of the FA Cup. Um, yeah, the- yeah, and that might be a crushing one for them. I guess we'll do a full preview of the City game. Yeah, um, but uh, the weekend's well, no, one step back. Yeah. Uh, Europa League on Thursday night—that was a bit of a nail biter, wasn't it? I mean, I, f- I guess we figured that it would be pretty tight. Um, you know, I don't think this Anderlecht side are, are particularly good, but United certainly didn't make it any easier for themselves. No, but I mean, I, I also don't think the, the Anderlecht side are bad. They've got some very good players in that team. Well, they've got one player who's going to be very good in that team and a decent functional side around him um, and, and definitely some threats here and there. But, you know, United made really heavy weather of it. Uh, so how did the scoring go? We we scored first, didn't we? Yeah, Mkhitaryan early in the game. Yeah, and I mean, uh, and at that stage, and in fact for the first half an hour or so, I, it kind of looked like United were were pretty comfortable, well on top. Um, uh, it put an attacking side out, loads of pace in behind Ibrahimovic, um, and of course, you know, of course, Ibra would come back, um, despite uh, the uh, Marcus Rashford's heroics against uh, Chelsea. Yeah, um, and you know, for a little while, it looked like United were totally on top, and then the same old pattern kind of developed a sloppy piece of defensive work at the back uh, and the equaliser was scored by um, by Hanny. Uh, and then for the rest of the game, United created chances and couldn't take them. Yeah, more, more than 20 shots on goal. But like, Not for the first time this season. The, the weird thing about that is it feels like a kind of battering at the Anderlecht goal when you kind of close your eyes and think about that game. But they had 18 shots to our 22, you know, so it's it was not exactly one-way traffic. And you're right, it was the same old pattern in that the worst thing that happened to us in that game was going 1-0 up because this is a theme to which I've continually returned and will continue to. Um, United's complacency when they know they're the better team is really evident in these games. And, and in, they got sucked into the same trap. And unlike against Chelsea, they didn't have Ander Herrera there to hold the line, you know, and to yell at everyone to push out. Um, yeah. Although Pogba, Paul Pogba had a very good game. Yes. I mean, I, th- I thought, you know, against a, a very talented and late midfield, he was pretty dominant. Yeah. Um, but but it, it, there's no simple narrative to this game. I mean, yes, United created quite a lot of chances. Yes, they missed a lot of chances again. But the same... By the same token, Romero had a very good game for 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 the Reds at the back, didn't he? I mean, he made several crucial saves. Um, it might not have gone United's way. We talked about um, the decision whether to play Romero or not, and you called it the hundred million pound gamble, I think. Um, and you know, I I still don't quite un- fully understand it unless, like like you said last week, this is the deal that we've made to keep Romero at the club as a as a second choice striker, a uh, second choice keeper, you make the uh, the deal that he's going to play in the Europa League, and and at this point, you'd imagine he starts in the final because it seems extremely clear that that is the deal here, because there's no other reason whatsoever that mm. he would have played in this game against Anderlecht. I, I mean, imagine um, uh, final of uh, European competition for the first time in in a decade. 
Um, nearly a decade and uh, we play our second choice keeper. Would be very strange, wouldn't it? But uh, you're right, it, it appears to be the deal that's been done. Uh, it would also rob uh, David De Gea of a final game farewell for United. <laughs> um, uh, you mentioned Pogba. I mean, so it was a 120-minute game, so that slightly inflates these numbers. But nevertheless... Uh, 91% pass completion out of 119 passes. That's ridiculous, isn't it? Like, that is an incredible number. Three key passes, nine tackles he made in this game. That is a very large number of tackles. Um, and uh, complete a couple of dribbles. Yeah, I think he's becoming more and more dominant. Yeah. And look, I know I know the dominant narrative in the... In the media and, and social media is is uh, is negative and uh, everything he doesn't do right is picked upon. But his numbers are very very good. You know he creates more chances than any other central midfielder. It depends how you define midfielder, I suppose. But um, he, uh, he he would have had even more assists, but for shoddy finishing by his teammates. He's hit the post ten times. Um, he's a driving force in you know full of energy. He's increasingly making contributions at both ends of the pitch. You know we, we're getting to the point where we're seeing uh, the the Paul Pogba that we paid for, you know, and in fact his numbers say that he's been that all season. Um, and, what you know, what we really wanted were dominant performances in the big games and we, we got a very good performance against Chelsea, we got a good performance against Anderlecht, I thought. And I think, you know, I just just a guesstimate, I think we'll get a very good performance from him at the Etihad on Thursday as well. Yeah, that's and that then you can start talking about him having had the kind of season for the most part, a majority uh, of the season, good. Uh, Rashford and Lingard both kept in the side, uh, which I thought was nice after the the Chelsea game. He had a lot of options and I thought it was good to to see Mourinho sticking with them. We'll talk about Anthony Martial when we talk about the Burnley game. I guess he was unlucky to miss out and he made a bit of a difference when he, he came on late in the game. But we can't talk about this game really without talking about the price because it cost us really dearly um and and bizarrely the kind of received wisdom is that of the two people discarding any kind of personal feelings you might have of the two of the two to do their cruciates in the same game uh, the one who united need more at the moment isn't the legendary all-time great footballer Zlatan Ibrahimovic but rather the much maligned Argentinian defender Marcus Rocco I, I put a poll on Twitter saying you know if you had a single use magic wand and you could only use it on one of them who would you pick and it was like 70% Rocco and it got thousands of votes right some of, of that's context right the the context that uh, Marcus Rashford has started scoring again and united have good options up front Martial can play there as well of course uh, and don't have very good options mm. at the back right at the moment. I mean, Mourinho talked about Chris Smalling and Phil Jones having to having to play while injured. I mean, the Chuckle Brothers aren't <laughs> that good when fit. So, uh, Rojo's been very good this season in the centre yep. of defence, you know. Very good. Not when he's a left-back. Fortunately, he hasn't had to play there very often. And Baye's been, you know, very, very classy every time he plays, basically, you know, when he's been fit and, and, and not away from the team. So... Um, those two have formed a, a very solid, very classy centre-back pairing and it's a real blow to lose Rocker. And, it, you know, it wasn't obvious immediately that he'd um, he'd got the same kind of seriousness of injury as, as Latan. You know, mm. it was kind of more impact, wasn't it, than than the kind of nasty, Oof. twisty thing that Latan, the sickening, twisty <laughs> yeah. thing that Latan did. Um, but, yeah, he's going to be out for some time. Yep, um, eight months and we don't know about Zlatan. I mean, you know, it feels kind of churlish to say this, but, like, this is a football analysis podcast, so we're not going to uh, be blinded by mawkishness or whatever. But I'm, I'm on a personal level, I'm extremely sad for Ibrahimovic. I, I think, you know, it's the last thing you want is a year and a half out or even nine months out or whatever at this stage of your career Oh, God, yeah. I mean, look, I think it's right that people question whether he plays again. Yeah. I know he's got superhuman fitness. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, it, he's obviously kept himself in remarkably good shape yeah. uh, over the years. And he's got a very good injury record over the years as well, which is which will have lengthened his career. Um, but, yeah, in, in your mid-30s, body doesn't heal itself as well. Um, the the you know, ability to come back at this age must be reduced, mustn't it? Um, or at least to come back at the same kind of level. And then there's the contract situation. So, I mean, 
it's going to be impossible for anyone upstairs at United to offer the guy a new deal at £15 million a season when he won't play until next April or something. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I kind of want to give him a year's contract just so he can come back in January and fire us to the league title, you know. But the, the thing that I kind of, when I originally sort of said I don't really want to be churlish about this, but he was having an absolutely appalling game uh, before he hurt himself. And we looked, we, having looked so much better against Chelsea without him, we looked miles better again without him when he went off in the Anderlecht game and we had pace and dynamism mm. up front. And, you know, he had a lot of... I, look, I, I don't want to say I told you so or anything, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> should, should we pull out some quotes from previous podcasts? But the thing is, like, this is a this is about poor quality finishing rather than the kind of all-round problem. Because in this game, he created some... Through his movement and stuff, he put himself in a position to score goals, you know, there was a couple of really good chances that fell to him and he just absolutely fluffed his lines. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, you know, I, I'm being silly, clearly uh, facetious about this, but uh, my pro- my problem is Zlatan has never been poor quality finishing. He's missed a ton of chances, but he takes so many ch- shots. That's why he scored 28 goals this season. Um, my problem with him is what it does to the rest of the team. Yeah, it's funny because my problem has almost been that that if his finishing had been better, what he does to the rest of the team would have been completely justified because we'd be, you know, second in the league at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, United have scored 13 goals less than City. Uh, and probably Zlatan should have scored about 13 more goals. <laughs> Maybe that's a big number, but I mean, he's missed 18 chances categorised by Opta as big chances in the Premier League. And uh, 12 is the next number. I think I might have said this on last week's show. I just have that stat stuck in my head. But, you know, I, I, it's hard to say. It's kind of easy to go, OK, well, we're better off without him or whatever, which I think is reductive. Like, def- well, I'm sure it's reductive because... Look, for sure, and, and it's also not binary, is yes, it? Yes, exactly. It's, uh, look, saying that United are more dynamic without him in the side is fair, but but also may not take as many chances. Who knows? You know, 28 goals this season. I'm not sure that if Marcus Rashford or Anthony Martial had played up front all season, they would have also scored 28 goals. I, I can't say that for sure. No, I, and, and you would lean towards they probably wouldn't have done based on the limited sample size we have so far for both of them. I mean, the thing that I'm really thinking about... What are you saying, uh, Marcus Rashford? Rashford's listen, HG is not very high. It's, just, 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 good, just a question for one wondering. It's gone up a lot. Asking for a friend. It's gone up a lot this season, by the way, incidentally, as part of this whole... Uh, anyway, let's not nerd out we're going to do that next week right um but the uh but yeah um the in the league cup final at Wembley when it was a real cometh the hour cometh the man moment and what well, if we get past Celta Vigo and get to Stockholm like I don't know how you you want your big name players there yeah, you, of course you want of, absolutely you want the man who's yeah. got a statue of himself outside that stadium leading the line don't you yeah, I mean, those are a crueler persuasion than me would say he's been a statue of himself for quite a lot of the season. I, w- I wouldn't say that, of course. Um, no, look, no, I, I agree. I think in a really big game like that, you want Zlatan in the side. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, United were really, really came to life in extra time in that game and we nearly had the goal of the season, decade, millennium, from an emotional perspective... I'm going to say it would have probably jumped to, well, definitely in the top five of my favourite goals of all time, uh, <laughs> Rashford, Rabona, Pogba overhead, and the absolute enemy of football who blocked that on the line. Well, maybe not quite on the line. I'm not 100% sure it was even on target based on the angles, uh, based on the camera angles. Oh, but... yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, it was going in. Oh. Yeah, no, it was it was just totally wrong to block that. Yeah. Just just in the spirit of the beautiful game, he should have let it in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's such a pity it didn't go in. Yeah. Uh, it was, wow, it was... what a, what an awesome goal that would have been. Yeah. 
Uh, and in the end, a pretty awesome goal nonetheless. Rashford with the drag back spin, um, slightly scuffed his shot that got a little bit of a deflection to go in, but he made his own luck with the kind of movement and, and control of the ball to work the space for the opening. And, and mm, good, good XG on that shot, you'd say. Thank <laughs> you. Absolute bedlam. Um, because uh, of all the players you want to come up trumps, it's the kid that just scored against Chelsea. He's back in form. He was playing up front again by that point in the game and uh, he lived up to his billing as a potential superstar striker for the future. Yeah, he's uh, almost a player that... No, no, I won't. <laughs> Are you going to make another Kylian Mbappe joke? Is that what's going to happen then? <laughs> um, I'm just yanking your chain. Uh, look, it's, it's great. Look, it's what fans want, right? Um, a young player coming through, uh, you know, one of, one of our own uh, and scoring brilliant goals. You know, he's got it in him. Uh, we we want to see the next step next season, him scoring 20-plus goals, don't we? And uh, he's got the talent to do that, for sure. He's had some dips this season in form and confidence. A lot of it, when he's been playing out on the left wing all the time, it just doesn't feel uh, natural for him. Although, you know, of course, he's played plenty of occasions in, in youth football uh, in those positions. Um, it's pretty unforgiving when you're not getting enough of the ball and you're a young player and it's not coming off for you, though. So he's had his dips in confidence and form this season. It's coming right at the right time. And, you know, we really need him, him and Martial, to have a, a really good last five or six games of the season. And we have to talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Marouane Fellaini, who... Uh, provided the assist for Rashford's goal and was extremely effective after he came on this in, in this game. Hardly gave the ball away, made four tackles, won three aerials and set up the goal. It's, uh, it's hard to He's going to start against City, isn't he? Uh, uh, did he start against Chelsea? Uh, no. No. Yes. Yes. No. no. Can't remember. Yeah, he did. He was basically playing right wing against Chelsea. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder whether he might play um, wide with uh, uh, Pogba uh, and uh, and uh, Fellaini in central areas. We'll, we'll come on to that. We'll come on to that. Um, look, um, late goal from Rashford uh, takes United through, and it was it was super important. Not not the perfect performance from United, not a clean performance by any means. But now into the last four, face Celta Vigo, who are a decent side. You know, doing doing well in. Uh, La Liga this season uh, unlikely well de- definitely won't make the Champions League um, but are a decent side and uh, it'll be a real test for United yeah well um, although I mean it, kind of any of those teams really would have ended up being a test probably at this point I guess the team we wanted to avoid probably in terms of performance so far in the Europa League would maybe be Lyon um, who've been really decent in this competition so far and they, they were very decent in there quarterfinal against Besiktas, which had one of those um, weird 21st century penalty shootouts where just everyone puts it in the top corner. Like, <laughs> What a great <laughs> penalty shootout that was. And they all fell apart in sudden death. Like They all just started to miss. It didn't didn't quite reach Zambia versus Cote d'Ivoire <laughs> levels. But it was, uh, no, it was when the central defender came up and took a straight run up. I was like, he's missed. <laughs> he fully Chris Waddled it, didn't he? That was, it was unfortunate. Um but yeah, I mean, I guess we'll talk about Celta Vigo and might get someone on. Well, you probably have seen plenty of them being the La Liga fan that you are, Ed. Um, did you watch the Classico on Sunday night? I, I, I was actually in, I was in the, uh, well, I was in the car for some of it and uh, travelling and then uh, couldn't when I got back. But um, I, uh, I have watched all the highlights since. <laughs> I, I'm real pissy I couldn't see that. I mean, what a dramatic game in the end. Yeah, it was just an incredible, incredible game of football. And I know this is a Manchester United podcast and in general there is a sort of, um, in terms of like collective thinking you're more likely to find people that rate Ronaldo above Messi in a in a collection of Man United fans than you are in a random sampling. I do not understand how that argument holds any merit whatsoever. Um, Ronaldo's a wonderful, wonderful footballer, obviously, but man, Lionel Messi's just... he. I mean, have you ever, ever, ever seen a better player apart from Marcus Rashford? Well, and John O'Shea. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, has Messi ever scored at the cop end? I think not. <laughs> no, not. No, that's true. That's true. But apart so, from... So, yeah, behind John O'Shea... And Wes Brown. He, and Wes Brown. He's uh, he's a pretty fine player. Yeah. 
It was just, it, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. They, they smashed him in the mouth. He was bleeding when he scored the first goal. Someone posted, when you come at the King, you best not miss on Twitter. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's good. That's really good. Uh, nice, nice. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I mean, it could have a big effect on uh, the um, the title. Obviously, you know, Madrid have their game in hand and, uh, you know, you you wouldn't necessarily expect them to drop too many points from here. Uh, but but who knows? Maybe. I mean, I- I mean, after Barcelona is sort of humbling by Juve, who, who were very, very good over two legs of the Champions yeah. League, you did kind of wonder how they'd come back from that. Yeah. And they did it by, like activating the messy protocol basically because the rest of that team is not much cop anymore you know it's, <laughs> no it's not much cop but they've just got three unbelievable players up front I was thinking you know we talked a lot about um, a few weeks ago about the the mission that Fergie had to get United closer to Barcelona and it's finally happening <laughs> just because Barcelona are deteriorating in front of our eyes um, he'd uh, one day Lingard Rashford Martial we'll be talking about them in the uh, the same breath as yeah. Neymar, Messi, and and uh, the other chap, whose name I shall not speak. No, um, I kind of want Madrid to win the league, though, just because 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 of 1998, Ed. It's not my fault. They made Zinedine Zidane the manager, and I can't root against Zinedine Zidane. I mean, obviously, if they were playing United, I would. But otherwise, I find it very difficult because 1998 was a special time in my life. All right, all right. Um, back to more important football. Um yeah. The Clasico is okay, but um, yeah. but it's not Burnley versus United, is it? At Turf Moor, it really, is not. Do you do you um, get views of the uh, rolling Lancashire hills from the Clasico? You do not. You do not. I think you get views of an industrialist bay in Madrid. It's in quite a nice area, actually, the Burnley Bay. Oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, the uh, the European football hipster that I am. We battered Burnley off the park and gave them the whooping they so richly deserved for... 45 minutes. First of all, <laughs> for, for having Jerry Barton in the side and also for the freak of nature that there was the result. Like, you know that goal, the, the incredibly scrappy Rooney goal? Yep. Um, that that was 100% due after the nil-nil at Old Trafford oh, like, earlier this you season. Know, it, it would have been due if it bounced in off the referee spun out of play and then gone into the goal, you know, through a hole in the side of the net, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, only 12 shots for United in this game. It looked very good for 45 minutes or so. I thought just very, very dominant, professional, scored the goals uh, and then really eased off after half time. I guess you can understand it, can't you? You know, having uh, played 120 minutes just... Uh, a few days before, although I think Jose made some like eight changes or something like that, didn't he? But That's the yeah, number, yeah. Um, and with the City game coming up, you can understand why the foot came fully off the pedal. And and it's not as if Burnley really had any chances to get back into the game either. No, it was a, a we've made a lot of XG jokes in this game, but the XG was two point naught versus naught point four by the end of this game. It was a a paddling. Um, uh, did your Twitter light up with the first goal? Mine did. Of loads of people just going, that's a counter-attack. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think I may have put that on the Rankast WhatsApp group as well. Yeah. Definitely a counter-attack. Yeah, definitely. That one was a counter-attack. And the kind of counter-attack that you can do when Anthony Martial is your centre-forward. What a goal. What a goal. It was so exciting. Lovely. I mean, look, he's he has... All the tools, all the tools to be a really high-quality centre-forward. All of them. Um, I mean, we've barely ever... Is this the first game he's played in that position this season? No, he's had... I, I can't remember who it was against, but he definitely had one game. One forty-five minutes there, I think. Yeah. But still, it was a, it was a bit of a marker, wasn't it? I mean, it didn't, really he didn't complete the game, but, um, you know, he had a very good game. Goal and assist, uh, good all-round performance... Uh, Mourinho's has been pretty public in his criticism of the player. There's times this season where we thought he he might not have you know much life left at Old Trafford. I suppose there's a there's still a scenario in which he's out in the summer, but um, a reminder of the talent he's got. And you know if he can do what Mourinho wants and Mourinho can work with him, I think maybe the bigger question. Um, then there's uh, there's some you know huge potentially there, and then that one goal was a glimpse of yeah. That. So he 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 kind of fought his way past Joey Barton and then absolutely skinned him for pace. 
found Herrera really well, who found the return ball, like, perfect composure. And then, you know, after what Tom Heaton had done at Old Trafford, you sort of expected him to save it, but this is maybe a little bit nitpicky. But I would argue that that finish might have been better than any of Rashford's finishes this season in terms of, well, except for the one that Rashford absolutely smashed in from on the goal line. Those have been pretty good. Um, but, you know, it, it, it was almost impossible for the keeper to save that finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're making a, a completely uh, uh, pointless player-by-player comparison there. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm uh, I'm making the point about Martial's kind of... What, what, what's anti-Martial's XG, by the way? Just, he's... Uh... Ma- <laughs> you know, you make an in-joke, like, once or twice. By this point, the listeners are going, <laughs> what's he, why does he keep doing this? <laughs> um, we're going to have a person on the podcast next week who... I, Ed's talking to him. That's all I'm saying. Um, uh, so, Martial's... I like nerds. Me too. I am one. Martial took that goal beautifully um, and uh, he he had the massive, massive hug off Mourinho who had said, like, I, he just needs to show me... He needs to understand what he needs to do to make me trust him. I was like, come on, man. What an unreasonable emotional expectation. I feel sorry for Jose Mourinho's kids. Like, these these are the hoops you have to... <laughs> the arbitrary hoops you have to jump through to access my love, children. <laughs> Ouch. Um, yeah, that's yeah. probably why his daughter's constantly putting on totally inappropriate dresses in public with Mourinho. Right. Um, I'm not going to speculate on that. But, yeah, Martial uh, seems... T- that, that's my, you know, fully trained psychological viewpoint. He seems to, well, yes, it seems to me to be a fairly reasonable broad brush folks guess at what's really going on. Uh, Luke Shaw played against Anderlecht, by the way, was excellent, I thought. Really bold with the ball in the final third, which is the thing that's been missing from his performances this season. So that was that was really nice to see. And Darmian back against Burnley. Um Yeah. Shaw's not going to play against City, though. At the Etihad, not a chance. I mean, I, I'm... I would put a very large amount of money on Damian playing there because Jose just probably trusts his defensive instincts a little bit more. It was weird that he played Damian at left-back and Young at right-back in that game. Yeah, that was a little odd, wasn't it? Um, And, I mean, I I guess he wanted to match up Brady's pace on the left, on on Burnley's left. Um, You know, not not that George Boyd was going to skin anybody and, you know, always comes inside anyway. But, yeah, I guess... Uh, Bayern Blint, more than comfortable. I mean, it's only Burnley. Very, but... very, very comfortable. I mean, I thought Barnes and Gray up front were very poor, to be honest. They didn't They didn't offer a lot. Barnes lost the ball all the time. Uh, Gray, you know him for running at, um, at uh, opposition, and he never really did that. He didn't, they didn't get exactly a lot of support from midfield, did they? Uh, Barton and Hendrick, not much cop. And then at the back, I'm not sure Michael Keane. I mean, he didn't have a bad game, but... Um, he was given a bit of the runaround by United's front three and I'm not sure he did enough to kind of suggest that United should spend £30 million on bringing him back to Old Trafford this summer. Bit of Agent Keane with the goal, though, wasn't there? With the Rooney goal. Wayne Rooney scored! Uh-huh. Wayne Rooney, who, by the way, uh, Mourinho played wide on the left. I, I don't know, I'd put that as an own goal. I, I'm not sure I'm going to give that to Rooney. Well, the, everyone is, it is his goal, so you, you can't, they don't let you just take arbitrary goals. You'd just take three goals off him, so he wouldn't be the record goal holder, wouldn't you? Well, I, is, is he? Is he? I think he's just pulled level with Bobby Charlton when you count Bobby's <laughs> two Anglo Italian Cup goals. Yeah, two fifty one, right? That's the magic number. Um, but yeah, uh, it, he played wide on the left, which I mean, it was really nice to see. Given that the front three was Lingard, Martial, and Rooney, you could easily have imagined that Rooney would play through the middle and Martial would play wide left. And it was pretty progressive of Mourinho to go the other way with that. I thought. Yep, holding down a place for the weekend when they needed to rest a few limbs, uh, I guess. I mean, Mourinho talked about him this week and said he, he's uh, we need him. He's got to have a he's got to have a big end of the season. It's hard to see that he will have a big end of the season. You know, he's it's not as if he um, has influenced too many games this season or is very good when he's coming off being rusty. But hey, you never know. I mean, he's got how many games left for United now? Five in the league and. Guess three in the Europa. Um, he's got eight games to to write his name into legend. Just a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, before he's already... before he's uh, de- departs this summer for somewhere unknown. 
rise off into the goodest sunset. Doesn't work. Uh, Maran Fellaini was really good, Ed. Maran Fellaini was really good. Look, I'm, I'm just saying that he was up against Joey Barton. Come on. Yeah, no, that's fine. But in two games in a row, or maybe even three games in a row, Maran Fellaini has been really good. It's, yeah, but but look, Ander. Ander. Assist, oh, yeah, Ander, Ander was great. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sure, Pogba was good. Pogba was fine. Very good. Very good, yeah. But the, the, whole, thing- the whole midfield functioned very well. It's kind of what makes me think they it might be the one that starts against City. Not, not. I'd like to see United go bolder, but um, I, I suspect that'll be it. We're going to talk about some times when United did and didn't go bold in the uh, special bonus content at the end of this show, where we're going to talk about the history of Manchester derbies. And uh, if you want to access additional content on the Rankcast, head to Patreon.com/slash/Rankcast to find out how to do that. Um, but yeah, uh, before we do any of that, we're going to preview that game. We're going to preview the Swansea game. Before we do that, should we take some questions from listeners? Let's do it. Um, okay. <laughs> Off topic alert, says at GingerPrince28. If you had to choose between Oasis and the Stone Roses, why would you pick the Stone Roses? Because they're good and uh, the Gallicas are <laughs> just, just. That's deep, deep, insightful analysis there. I like that first Oasis album just fine. I like the second Oasis album just fine. And plenty of the singles since. But the Stone Roses are magic, aren't they? Yeah, um, uh, I uh, almost sort of semi-met Liam Gallagher many, many years ago in a pub in a fancy part of London in which he lives, um, uh, where the uh, father of my now ex decided to do the monkey walk behind him while mocking him loudly. <laughs> and I hid. <laughs> True story. Uh, unfortunately, you want to kind of go up and say, all right, Liam, how you doing? And then you get that. Yeah. Uh, I would not condone that kind of behaviour. Also, you can't be positive about Oasis in the week of the derby. That's ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. At Don Dan underscore Saltisiak says... All right, here we go. It's that time of the year, Red. Would you rather have Griezmann or Lukaku? Griezmann, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Donnarumma or Oblak? I've seen more of Oblak. I hear a lot of good things about Donnarumma. Yeah, no, honestly, I just don't watch a lot of Sierra. Everyone says he's the the next big thing. He is literally a big thing. (laughs) He is, and he's very, very young and already very good. Yeah, Uh, and you suspect him being a native Milanese and all yeah. that, that they're not likely to let him go. I kind of hope he spends his whole career at Milan and eventually wins a Champions League with them, you know, in a way. Um, Varane or someone like Godin slash Ramos? Uh, oh, I don't want Ramos. <laughs> come on! It's, a, it's all banter all day, every day with Sergio Ramos. You don't know whether you're getting the 90th minute winner or the 75th minute incredibly reckless red card. It's Sergio Ramos, bingo! <laughs> awesome. I mean, Godin's a very, very fine defender, of course. I mean, getting on a little bit. I mean, although it's the kind of player that Mourinho likes, of course. Um, I'm sure he was slotting to a Mourinho side very, very well. Uh, Varane, I mean, he's... He's a very talented player. Has he reached the the kind of levels that we thought he might when he was seventeen? Not sure. At Fergus Rockhard says, "Do you did you ever think you'd see the day that Rocco getting injured would actually weaken United?" No, not sure I did. But uh, you know, you've got to say that um, he's uh, he's had at least a seven out of ten season, which is better than he's ever done for United before. I think I probably. Got an idea of what your take on this is, Ed, but at JSF underscore seven says, what's your opinion on the Ibra and Rojo warm-up shirts? Surely I'm not the only one that can't understand the fuss. Oh, f- For, what, we're going to hold a minute silence now. No. I, this, you know what? You know what? Well, we should have hung a couple of wreaths on the... Uh, on the uh, on the goalposts oh, or something. You, you know? care about your colleagues who've had a terrible time and want to show support with them. Aren't you a loser, nerd? No, but you can do that in private. Y- this this is this not hearing back con- colleagues. This is this is um, this is narcissism. Nah. 
See, that's what. This is look how much look how much I care doing it for that's the cameras. That's what cynics think when people who actually care make a public gesture. Go, oh, it must be narcissism. But how about maybe they think that their friends who've just taken an absolute battering would really welcome the public show of support? Would would kind of feel valued and part of the team and the community? But no, they're a bunch of loser nerds for. For displaying public public um, emotion. Yeah, right. No, I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad you got to the crux of the <laughs> argument. There. Uh, this is this is one of those that uh, really annoys English football fans uh, because it all gets lumped into kind of fake emotion and mawkishness when actually. Actually, some of this is just about the fact that uh, football culture in this country has changed because people from lots of different parts of the world have arrived here who have a kind of different relationship with public displays of emotion. Johnny Foreigner so, doesn't like it up on a Tuesday night, does this soft <laughs> with T-shirts, that's what he's saying. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Sean Hamill, friend of the show, at Sean Hamster, says, uh, do you reckon Jose is playing mind games for the City game by saying he's prioritising the Europa well, League? maybe, or maybe he's just giving it straight, you know. I, I, I'm, look, if he rests a bunch of players for the City game, I'd be, well, I mean, come on. Um, yeah, he's, he's not going to do that. Uh, United have to fight on both fronts uh, because we're so close, you know. Um, actually, if United win all their games, they're, they're in the Champions League next season. And, and third as well, you know, so directly into the group stages. <laughs> At Mickey Sixchin says, we're in touching distance of fourth place. Is this now the time for six consecutive draws? <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. Uh, At Bad Boy Jave says... Why are Man United fans cheering for Zlatan getting injured? Our top goal scorer, mentor for young players, a guy who brings a winning mentality. I, did... I don't think United fans are cheering, not as a collective. Come on, come no, on. There are there are some. There, there, you know, there are some who are like, you know, I'm glad he's gone or whatever. But you can't argue, like you said earlier, it's not binary, is it? It's not evident either way. Uh at B Roy seventeen oh nine, this is a really difficult question. Would you rather have Fellaini's hair or Damian's sideburns? Brackets with the gap between hair and start of sideburns. Yeah, that's yeah, a- it's not a good look. I'd cut them off. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of sideburns generally, but yeah. uh, but it's got to be one consistent layer of hair, hasn't it? If you had to spend six months with either Fellaini's hair or Damian's sideburns, what would you go with? I'd probably go with the hair and say it was a, like a okay. bet or something. Yeah, I feel like that's good. Um, oh yeah, where is the antipathy, antipathy towards Latan from some United fans come from? Says at Mark L M Steele. So there's definitely a sense out there that there is some antipathy. Well, yeah. easy for you to say antipathy. Um, I talked to Alex from Manchester Evening News last week, and she was saying that she thinks part of it might be due to the contract situation and the fact that he hasn't kind of come out and said, you know, oh my gosh, of course I'm signing a contract. I wouldn't be anywhere other than Man United. But I think- I'm sure some of it's that. Some of it's the analysis that we, we've kind of talked about, um, uh, you know, and just the kind of the kind of uh, flashness of Zlatan and stuff like that. Um, like so, I'm not sure that um, the culture of Manchester actually likes that kind of bravado. You know, there, there's a bit of a chip on the shoulder in Manchester. But uh, look at some of the other players who've done a similar thing. That I'm not sure they've been loved in the same way. You know, Beckham, Rio, to a certain extent, when he first joined United, actually got quite a lot of his hostility. Zlatan, maybe I don't know whether it goes down brilliantly. Just a thought. Eric? Eric? Cantona? Eric, Eric, Eric different. Eric, Eric different, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Eric different. Let's <laughs> get out of clause, isn't it? Whenever you talk about Eric, because it's like, yeah, the thing is, Eric different. Um, Benny Hudson says, is Mourinho already the second best United manager of your lifetime too? <laughs> I guess for loads of people listening to us, that is a really easy conversation. Sadly for me and Ed... We both have to then consider whether Jose Mourinho is a better United manager than Ron Atkinson, and no one wants to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, based on based on the time that um, 
Jose's had in the job, yes, that that would be a close call. Based on a career, obviously, Jose has won everything and he's not a big racist. <laughs> yeah, that's obvious. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which helps. Uh, at Joey M underscore UX says, in the last 20 years, which United player would you wish a magic instant recovery to? For, have you kind of wished a magic instant recovery for their long-term injury the most and why? Um, I think, I guess Ole... When Ale got injured, that was brutal. Um, just the way it happened and how much he had to kind of fight to come back for it, it would have uh, it would have been really nice to um, to have a, a magic recovery machine for him. But we kind of had cover for him. Maybe when Rooney uh, injured himself against Bayern Munich. Yeah, I mean, deeply unfortunate timing. Of course, Ole. Uh, the story he tells is that uh, his injury first appeared after doing the knee slide at Camp Nou in '99. So it was just <laughs> well he, worth he, it. <laughs> He denied that in a in a four four two interview that I read not that long ago. Actually, <laughs> he said no, that was a misunderstanding. He, uh, the uh, when choosing between the myth and the truth, print the myth. You print the myth. <laughs> um, at lethal mocktail, friend of the show says, "How would you turn John Cena heel?" Oh, they missed WrestleMania thirty three. He just would have had to uh, give Nikki Bella the AA instead of proposing. Look, to her. I'm going to have to protest been... about the amount of wrestling content there is on this show. It's just, well, maximum one question a week. That's it. Um, all right. Um, last question from Andy the Wine Guy. Uh, he says, who's your favourite non-United player of the last 20 years? Perhaps Clara Ronaldo, Zinedine Zidane or Messi. Personally, I love Iniesta. Beautiful player, Iniesta. I- I'm not sure he's my favourite. I mean, Zidane did absolutely magic things on the ball. I, li- I like Messi, but I- I've never really been a big, huge fan of this Barca side just because they keep beating us in big finals. Uh, so it's a bit <laughs> yeah. hard for me to to feel any empathy with him. Um but, yeah, but yeah, the yeah. things Zindan did on the ball were just uh, just beautiful. Sublime. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's easy. It's easy because he also won France the World Cup. So that kind of made it, you know, but it almost feels like cheating. I almost feel like I kind of have to pick someone who isn't French as well and maybe say Ronaldinho, maybe. Like that two-season, three-season period where he was at his incredible peak. But also, uh, you know, we've just had the anniversary of the Madrid-United game where Ronaldo got a hat-trick at Old, uh, at Old Trafford and a standing ovation. I mean, that's got to be one of the best performances by an away player ever at Old Trafford, hasn't it? And very, I mean, very unfortunate with injuries over his career, yeah. Ronaldo. Um, but just probably the best number nine you know, true number nine that uh, I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, during my lifetime, just absolutely everything. Um, uh, such an explosive player, uh, which probably contributed to all his, all his injuries, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but he'd be right up there for me. So we've gone for Zidane, Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, Messi. It's it's a good list, and it's a good five-a-side team. That it is. You need a, someone who's going to put some reducers in there, though. <laughs> but the thing is, I just can't look beyond Roy Keane whenever I think of that. You know, like, that's what you want. I don't want a non-United player in that role. No sneering at me. Gattuso. That kind of thing. Gattuso. To put the reducers in. He would put a few in. Um, Right. Shall we talk about the game I don't really want to talk about because I don't really want to think about it happening? The... True, Swansea are coming to <laughs> Old Trafford this weekend and they've beaten us twice in recent years. <laughs> That's true. And they're in pretty good form at the moment and our mood will heavily depend on whether or not we... When I say Swansea are in good form, by the way, I think I probably just mean they won their last game when I think about it. But yeah, um, Man City. Pep Guardiola's all-conquering or rather non entirely non-conquering uh, Manchester City. Uh, if this wasn't Guardiola... If yeah. this was any other manager, yeah. would they have been sacked? Yes. I mean, this is City who most people thought they would be challenging for the title. I, I may have even predicted that they would win it. I think I did yeah. at the beginning of the season, who've got a, a you know an outstanding squad who spent a really offensive amount of money. Yeah. And they've got Guardiola, you know, one of the best managers who's ever lived, apparently. I mean... And they're fourth, and they're going to win no trophies. Yes. And you know that Mourinho's already got two. They won their. F- no, I'm not. No, Ed. You can't just add the Community Shield to the list when you decide to I make am, a point. I am. The treble is on. <laughs> I'm not even sure it's a plastic treble. No, no, it's like sub plastic. 
It's a wooden treble. <laughs> yeah, but they all count. <laughs> yes, right. Um, no, there's no doubt. Any other manager, I mean, at the very least, everyone would be saying, well, I ain't going to survive the summer, is he? Or he's going to get like two months into next season or whatever. Because you can't even, you can't say he hasn't had enough transfer windows or whatever because they've spent the last five years getting ready for him to come. And then he bought, what, Sane, Gundogan, Bravo, uh, Stones... Uh, who else came in in the summer? Was that was that, is that oh uh, Sterling? Maybe he was Jesus. the season before. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, Gabriel Jesus came in in January. So you know he's, they've invested hugely in a kind of spine for Guardiola. So he he's kind of doesn't have any excuse. They won their first ten games in a row, like they were absolutely flying. But when it started to go wrong, he just did not have any answers. No, he didn't. No, it didn't. It's been one of their problems. I mean, particularly defensively, of course. They've had, uh, you know, they had a few chain companies spent most of the season injured. Kolarov's played a lot there. Stones has been a mess a lot of the time. Um, you know, lovely player on the ball, just not very good off it, uh, which is rather unfortunate when you're a defender. Um, uh, you know, kind of held together at the back by Otamendi, who's a good if perhaps more limited player than some people, football hipsters, would like to have admitted. Um, probably had a better season this season than last, but that's not saying an awful lot, is it? You know, So it's, it's the defence that's really let City down um, because up front they've got so much attacking talent. Sane's had a very good season. Silva, perhaps not put the numbers up of previous seasons, but he's still a wonderful player. Dictates. Yeah, and he's playing, he's playing way deeper than he has in previous seasons. Right. He? Um, uh, De Bruyne, you know, an outstanding player. Aguero, uh, he's going to get another 20 goals this season. Um, you know, so they've they've got absolutely everything you need up front in order to, to win the big titles. And it's at the back that's uh, it's been their problem. I mean, the fact that their goalkeeper has uh, only just saved his first shot on target of the season, it's an issue. It is an issue. I mean, he, you know... I think people are a bit quick to dismiss Guardiola's argument that Bravo is really good on the ball and that's incredibly important to him because his entire system is based on building attacks from, you know, uh, the goalkeeper being part of the ball rotation thing. But you surely want someone who can keep the flipping round thing out of the onion bag behind you, you know? Like, not to be overly Paul Merson about this, but come on. <laughs> Look, he's... um. Now, this is going to sound really nerdy. His pass accuracy isn't actually that high for a goalkeeper either. <laughs> but it's not necessarily about pass accuracy, is it? It's about comfort under pressure on the ball, you know. Uh, quote from uh, Guardiola, with his feet, he helps us a lot to create chances, good build-up and create our possession in the middle of the pitch, you know. and uh, That's great. Great with his feet, not so good with his hands. Um, God, doesn't it? Aren't you? I mean, honestly, like I know he's really good and I've wanted him for many years at United. I cannot then turn around to deny that. But hearing that just gives me bad, bad, bad Louis van Gaal flashbacks. And I'm quite glad we've got Mourinho instead of Guardiola. Uh, yeah, well, it's going to be fun, isn't it, on Thursday? Um, you know, I don't, I don't think... The, the obvious narrative might say, oh, well, it's going to be United's good defence because uh, United have conceded a lot less goals than, than City this season versus City's great attack. It might not be that, though. Um, given the way that United set up against Chelsea and took the game to Chelsea, uh, it suggests that Mourinho might have a trick or two up his sleeve that, that you know means the best form of attack is defence. You know, so, look, it would be... It would not be a disaster if United left with a draw, of course, right? Only a only a actual point in it. Um, but a victory now, that's huge. It could be worth, you know, it could be worth a place in the Champions League. It's fifty million pounds. It's it's uh, getting the right players in the summer. It's momentum at the crucial stage of the season. It's rubbing it in uh, to City. You know, the 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 upside from gambling enough to try and win at the Etihad. Versus um, versus being you know contained and uh, and doing uh, the Mourinho that many people suspected Mourinho would do in these kinds of games, I think is is very big. You know, so I just wonder whether Mourinho might surprise us. Yeah, and in a way, it almost wouldn't be that surprising, would it? Because he, you know, there have been a couple of games when he, he hasn't parked the bus for ages. Like when did he last park the bus? Liverpool? Like that was that was months and months and months and months ago. Um, so I would, you know, if we play like a back six in this game, I'd be kind of surprised because 
Because also, I mean, it's a numbers game, isn't it? You park the bus when you have to. Inter parked the bus against Barcelona because they were 3-1 up. You know, so Mourinho kind of, like, basically worked out that he could, they could get through that game without kind of giving up all the goals. If they were 1-0 up, I can't imagine he would have set them up in the same way. Because, it, you know, it only requires such a small slip for that to be kind of undone. Um, even even in that Liverpool game where we were playing with the back six, we were really progressive when we had the ball on the counter-attack, you know. We would counter-attack in numbers. And so I think we talked about it on the podcast. He sort of half-parked the bus in that game. Yeah. So I, I'll be surprised if it's not going to be into Barcelona's second leg semi-final, is it? No, I don't I don't think. I mean, for me, the two crucial positions are... Um, I think that the back four is obvious. Uh, you know, De Gea is obviously in goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to be Valencia, Bay, Blint, and Damian, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I guess there's a question over Damian, but I would put a lot of money on him being picked over Shaw. Um, and then in midfield, Pogba and Herrera obviously start. And the, the only questions really for me are, is it Lingard, Fellaini, what balance of Lingard, Fellaini, Mkhitaryan and Martial, is it? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, is it is it Mkhitaryan at 10 with Herrera and Pogba? A little deeper, mm-hmm. uh, and then I guess Lingard and Martial, or is it McTerrin out wide with Fellaini, Pogba, and Herrera uh, in the middle, and I maybe Martial left, yeah, um, given the lack of numbers, probably. Uh, but you know, both have their advantages. I would have thought with the quality of midfield that City have. I mean, I guess it'll be Fernandinho, Torre, and Silva, sort of maybe. Um, uh, as a sort of three in there, um, that that you know, ball play would be better. But Mourinho really trusts Fellaini, you know, and it kind of you know says to me probably Fellaini will play. Yeah, and I not sure if that's good. I don't know if I think it would be a disaster if he does. In a way, I mean, it depends. Fellaini is it's a bit like Blint, really. When he, he was playing against Burnley, it's like kind of remember Blint's mistakes at centre back, but he's so good in his games where he's good. And Fellaini is the same that you just. It really, I mean, this feels so cliched, but I don't know any other way to approach it other than to say it depends which Fellaini turns up. If it's the elbows and kind of really pathetic cheap fouls that break up our momentum and the kind of constant conservatism, if it's that Fellaini, then we're better off without him. But if it's the one who's kind of, who, you know, uses his magic chest ability to bring players into play and shields the ball really well and does a load of defensive cover, you know, that Fellaini does exist. If it's him then we're fine, you know, play him all you want. You just... Yeah, I, I actually think, you know, I wonder whether the mentality will be, well, um, City have quite a physical midfield with Torre and Fernandinho in there um, uh, in different ways, of course. I mean, Fernandinho with a great engine and Torre just, he's a mad mountain, uh, whether whether that might play a part. I just don't think Fellaini's physical in the same way. He's certainly less mobile than Torre. I wonder if he'll, um, I wonder if he'll do... Something with Herrera akin to what he did with Hazard on, on Silva, yeah, yeah, possible, or maybe even on one of the more advanced players, maybe even on De Bruyne or someone, you know, that kind of to to play that uh, two-two, um, whatever it was, like the formation where actually the fullbacks have a kind of complete roaming brief and their man mark is you basically play with a kind of eight-man structure and two man markers like he did against Chelsea. I don't I don't know, it doesn't kind of make sense to play that way against City because it's not like so much of City's creative threat comes from one place. I mean, if they're at their best, they're still really good. Like they've been really good a few times this season as well, much as we mock them. They've just been really inconsistent. Like us, I guess. We're so, it's weird, isn't it? Like, when we recorded the season preview shows, if we'd known that this Manchester derby would have been towards the end of the season, we would have been talking about maybe this would be a top-of-the-table clash, but instead it's yeah. uh, two bald men fighting over a Champions League comb. Isn't it? <laughs> well, of course, only one of them's actually bald. Yeah. Um, and we talked a little bit about United. I, I think City's easier to pick. Uh, I, you know, I, I think given the sort of comeback that company has made and the passion he's got and the fact that he's now fit, he plays. 
Uh, Otamendi definitely plays, which means the back four yeah. picks itself. I mean, he's got this strange thing where he's been picking Navas at right back recently, um, which is really odd. I mean, I know we said the same thing about Antonio Valencia a couple of years ago, but I have to say, I see even less potential in Navas to be a decent defender. Um, so, you know, it's Bravo, Navas, Company, Otamendi and Clichy at the back. And, and Fernandinho and Torre are, are sort of, you know, your your double pivot in midfield. And, and then the front three is probably the... Bruyne, Silver, and Sane. Although that has definitely moved around. I guess Gabriel Jesus is he fit? If he's fit, he could come into it. More likely to come off the bench and and Guerra up front. You know, and and uh, let's see. Uh, I get well very close to the team that lost to Arsenal at the weekend, but probably exactly the team that beat Southampton was it uh, a couple of weekends ago. Yeah, and also that's that Arsenal game was just a weird game as well. Like so he hit what they hit the bar and the post, I think. So they were kind of unlucky in that game, really. They they, they were sort of the better side, um, I would say, on balance. But. Yeah, but apparently uh, Wenger is now the uh, the toast of North London and they're all calling for him <laughs> to get a new contract. <laughs> mm, I watched a load of Arsenal fan TV after that game. I tell you, this is a real genuine thought I had in my head. I'm such an idiot. I genuinely thought to myself, do you know what? I've watched them so many times when they've lost this season. It would be unfair for me not to at least watch a couple of Arsenal fan TV videos after they win a game. <laughs> <laughs> Just to even out the kind of karma of the schadenfreude. Um, that Troops was happy. But still firmly, he said, we'll win the FA Cup and he can ride off into the sunset. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so what's your score prediction? Like, What do you think the flow of the game is going to be? How's it going to go? Look, I, I don't think... I mean, there's no way I believe that Mourinho will go for some kind of suicidal, will score more than them. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, talk about a nonsense piece of analysis. <laughs> uh, look, yeah, so no, but, but you know, the way that United took the game to Chelsea in a kind of controlling manner says to me that maybe he won't go just defensive. I, I'd be super disappointed if we go with the back three, though. It's just not necessary against uh, against City in the the way they set up. You know, we'd have three players marking Aguero and loads and loads of space between the line. I think it'd be a really bad mistake. Uh, and cue Mourinho going with the back three and us winning four <laughs> 0 uh, Hopefully, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it will be more four two three one. Um, and I think United will just try and control that midfield. The worry, I think, is is Fellaini's playing in there. He's not mobile enough. Um, and that City get control of the ball and end up having 60% of the ball. And, and then it comes down to the details. And United don't take the details or the small chances very well. Um, so that's the thing that worries me. Um, but, you know, I think, I think we'll find a way to get at that City defence. Company not fit. You know, he's definitely not... The company of a couple of seasons ago, Otamendi, he's not going to fancy Rashford, Martial and McTarran running at him. Definitely not. He's bad on the turn. Uh, and then Bravo is going to flap at a couple. Um, so, you know, I, you asked me what score. Not sure. Maybe one each. OK. One each is not a great result for us, really, is it? We kind of really, really need to win this game, I would Really, say. really need to win. I mean, it's not bad. It's not a terrible result. It just means that another result somewhere in the season has to go against City and United have to go and win at the Emirates and uh, White Hart Lane. Yeah, yeah. Which, one of those things is not like the other in terms of challenge levels, isn't it? Uh, we had a really good question, which I've which I've got to find. Um, oh, yeah. At Madeniskus, hard name to get right, and I'm sure I didn't, says, who will Rashford retire this time at the Etihad? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The one thing that I would say about playing a back three, which I kind of broadly agree, although, you know, I think there is a very solid argument to say we did not, in fact, play a back three against Chelsea, except in brief periods. We we played a, a, a formation which genuinely can't be described numerically because... Both Damian and Herrera were free roam. Um, but the big advantage of back three would be to play a front two. And Martial and Rashford in a front two could be really exciting. Um, obviously not going to play 4-4-2, are we? Um, but so so that that might be the potential upside of a of a of a back three, because if then then if City do have 60% possession, well, so what? You know, they're going to have loads of one-on-ones with Bravo and Rashford. And we know that Bravo can't save shots on target. 
Yeah, yeah, it's ju- it's just the spare man would then be well, there would be two spare men at the back, um, uh, which assuming- seems unnecessary. Uh, or 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 if City are very sensible in that situation, then they push De Bruyne and Sane mm. very very wide, um, and it causes United all sorts of problems with uh, Silver yeah. running between those yeah. lines, you know. And uh, I, I mean, I have to say, like just thinking about the defensive and the attacking. Uh, possibilities uh, they come with a back three it seems to me to be quite a big mistake against City but hey I'm not the tactical genius that Jose is so that's uh, that's just a lay opinion <laughs> yeah because I guess I guess it's like if he does play a back three it's going to have to be a back three with a twist again isn't it um, that's the only way you make it work. You kind of comp- you do something to compensate because at Old Trafford, City's width caused us an enormous problem. The fact that they, you know, they had Sterling pinned to one flank and De Bruyne pinned to the other. That was the game in which Blint's, you know, central defensive career against you know, uh, under Mourinho came to a kind of abrupt end, wasn't it? Because he was just turned all ends up by the, the amount of space that City's uh, City's mid like City's wide players stretched United's defence apart. Um, and he's, yeah. you know, and but then you know he adapted really quickly, and we beat them at Old Trafford in the League Cup, albeit that was a, an understrength City side. Um, I wonder if Guardiola regrets that now that they've not won any trophies, and Mourinho's going around like just knocking on Guardiola's door and holding the League Cup in his face. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hmm. I mean, I have to say, like the amount of attacking talent that City have got is kind of scary. Um, yes, but they're, they're not that, like, they haven't been that scary. It's like it's scary on paper, but the reality of City has just not been that scary this season. Oh, De Bruyne's numbers are great, though. I mean, he's not scored as, as many goals as, uh, I think, last season, but he's he's putting up the assists. Um, David Silva, again, with a decent number of assists this season. Aguero, I mean, hasn't he got nearly 30 goals? I think he's got 28 as well, you know, so... Um, and Sane's had a very good second half of the season, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, Sterling is also a really big threat as well. Like, I think Sterling is... Do you think he'll play? I'm not sure. Will he start? I, no, but I'm sure he'll feature at some point, won't he? Um, whether or not he starts, he's definitely going to feature at some point. Yeah, in in the league this, this season, uh, City's... Like, De Bruyne's got 13 league assists, which is that's an offensive number of league assists. Um, and David Silva's got seven, so they've got 20 between them. Aguero, 17 in the league. But their next highest goal scorer in the league is Sterling. It's kind of a similar problem to United because yeah. Sterling's only got six. There's a huge drop-off between their kind of top goal scorer and the rest of the squad. Um, but, yeah, obviously they've got they've got big threats. Nolito, remember Nolito? What happened to him? Did they... S- Don't know. Maybe he's injured or something. Anyway, he hasn't played a lot, but he has scored as many goals as Kevin De Bruyne, which... But, and, and that Kalichi in an Accio, he's, he's got pretty good XG, hasn't he? <laughs> he has got a good XG, but apparently Guardiola does not trust him in the way that uh, Mourinho trusts Rashford. Uh, then we're playing Swansea. Are we going to give this game detailed analysis too? Ed? Are we no. going to do the same treatment? No. Uh, with Paul Clement, as uh, you reminded me, the football ramble call him. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, they're not very good, are they, Swansea? They won on the 4th of March against Burnley at home, and then they lost to Hull, Bournemouth, drew with Borough at home. That is an embarrassment. Uh, lost to Tottenham away. No, lost to Tottenham at home. No shame in that. Lost to West Ham away. Hmm. Borderline shameful. Lost to Watford. And then they finally beat a team, but they beat Mark Hughes's post, you know, post-Christmas Stoke away from home. Like, a team that just does not care about the concept of football. Like, they will vaguely <laughs> try at, at uh, the, whatever their stadium's called now. But you, you take them away from home and they are not interested. Um, I don't think the Clement revival can be described as, like, in full flow yet, can it? No, it can't. Um, and but they haven't got much time because they they're in desperate trouble. Um, I mean, Sunderland are definitely down. Uh, are we thinking Borough are the next one? Probably down. They're very bad. So yeah, yeah, they are very bad and they can't score goals. Although they really should have scored about three against Arsenal, who Wenger inexplicably decided to pull out a back three. <laughs> it was a brilliant tweet. He hasn't done that in twenty years. That's such a good tweet, which was uh, "Watches Juventus once and then the Arsenal team sheet." <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> <he's>... <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, real, real odd. But I mean, they won that game, and then they played the back three again, didn't they, against City? And they did, that's... they did, and and it functioned. Yeah, um, I don't think we'll see a back three from Swansea. No, it doesn't really matter whether it's back three, four, or eight. Uh, they're not very good. They've shipped sixty-eight goals this season. Ed, sixty-eight is a lot of goals. No one it's else. A lo- it's has... a lot of goals. It's also coincidentally the number of misses that Zlatan has put up this season. <laughs> Um, the only team that scored 68 goals in the league is Spurs. Uh, the next, uh, Hull City have scored six, have conceded 67, and then you, uh, it's a big drop. Sunderland have conceded 10 fewer goals than Swansea City. Uh, that is not a good statistic. It's not a look. It's not a good look if you're Fabianski in the the Swansea goal, is it? Yeah. Uh, no. Look, um, no. yeah, you've got to win this. Old Trafford. You cannot see Swansea holding out unless it's one of those freakish games where you know you have forty shots and miss them all. Uh, I, yeah. I can't see it. Um, Swansea aren't very good in in midfield or up front. Lorente's given up. He's definitely le- leaving, isn't he? Sigurdsson's looking for his next next opportunity, uh, and they're very very bad at the back. I mean, the only thing that you think is it's going to be a pretty makeshift team depending on what happens against City, because the Celta Vigo game away from home is on the Thursday night and the Swansea game's on the Sunday lunchtime, isn't it? So you wonder whether it'll be... It, well, it will be a... I mean, it'll be an eight changes again situation, won't it? Yeah, probably, yeah, probably. So. Um, should still be enough. Yeah, should still be enough. Uh, Juan Mata apparently targeting a return for the away leg. Uh, against Celta, the, the home well, leg, the second leg against Celta Vigo. So that would be amazing if he was back for the last couple of games of the season. Because uh, we are going to need it. It's going to get tough. It's all getting really real from here. Uh, Swansea, the last gimme until the last day of the season when presumably things will be all over by then. Uh, if we don't take the gimme, uh, then I think we can kind of write off the rest of our league season. We, we kind of need two wins, but four points wouldn't be a complete disaster from here on out, would it? This week, no, it, it would just mean that United have to go to White Hart Lane and and win, and Emirates too, probably. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, victory over City would be huge, given given what happened last weekend uh, with Liverpool losing. Um, uh, Big Sam doing it at Anfield. He liked that, didn't he? <laughs> well, did who didn't? Apart from Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool fans, who did not like that? Exactly. Even Jurgen Klopp wouldn't begrudge Big Sam one, would he? <laughs> I think he would in this particular case. Jurgen Klopp, not a good loser, it's fair to say. No, no, no. Um, so will United be losing against Swansea? Ha- uh, have done a couple of times recently. Yeah, they have, but I do not think this will be one of those. I haven't predicted my City score yet. I think they're going to beat us 2-1. And then I think we're going to beat Swansea 3-0. All right, yeah, I think 3-0. God, that's a bit bold, isn't it? Uh, no, I, I think United yeah, will get to two and then foot off the gas so oh, yeah. two goals inside five minutes because <laughs> oh, once you're terrible and then uh, just going to coast through the rest of the game yeah alright great um, so we'll be back next week to preview the Celta game and the Arsenal game and look back at the City game uh, which will hopefully be a look back at, at Triumph and, and also cast our eye over what happened against Swansea. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you want to get hold of us, you can find us on Twitter and all that sort of stuff. Um, and if you want to have a bit more Rankcast every week, uh, we haven't talked about what we're going to do in the summer, but we'll probably do something special for backers in the summer as well. Um, you can head over to patreon.com slash Rankcast. All right, uh, we'll speak to you soon. See you then. Bye now.